time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, thanks for being with us for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting, serving you in the Greensboro area with an office on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online at any time at greensbororotirement.com. Glenn, great to chat with you this week. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Walter. Hope you are. Glad to hear that. I am, and looking forward to our conversation today. We're going to let you put on your myth-busting hat this time around, Glenn, so you get to <laughs> do a little role-play this week. How's that sound? That sounds all right. Like Let's the, jump in. Like the great TV show, Mythbusters. You ever watch that with the guys uh, blowing stuff up and always just trying to test out the craziest myths to see what was what was true and what wasn't? <laughs> I think I may have seen that once or twice. <laughs> pretty fun time. Unfortunately, uh, we're not going to probably get to blow anything up today, at least not physically, although we may blow up some of these myths, certainly, on the conversation today. But we're going to tackle some of the worst ones that we've seen. And unfortunately, Glenn, these are myths that people often believe, uh, hold them near and dear to their heart. And so it can be a big change when we realize that these things actually aren't necessarily the best financial practices to have in place. We'll start off with a good example. Don't touch the principal, live off the interest. Now, this is something, Glenn, that's been said for a long time, something that's believed to be very feasible. What about it in today's retirement terms? Well, Walter, I mean, that's going to be very tricky. And you know, even though we're, we're beginning to see some rising interest rates, they're still at pretty low levels. And when you're thinking about what you have as in savings for retirement, and you know you might have things in all types of different accounts, and ultimately, you know, you might have some things that are that are sitting there in a taxable or a cash type of account, maybe at a bank, or you might even have some things that are after tax that you have in the markets with just a regular brokerage account. You might have other monies in retirement accounts and a variety of different places. And ultimately, you know, we have to think in terms of, well, what's the best way to put this thing together in terms of an income plan? And what are you going to draw down first? And what are you going to draw down next? And maybe there's a combination of things. And of course, taxes are going to play a role into that, too. And one of the quickest things when, when folks talk about, you know, spending principal versus the interest, well, you know, if let's say that, for instance, you're looking at your tax situation and you're right at the edge of going into the next tax bracket up. And if you pull something out of one account, then maybe those dollars are going to be um, fully subject to taxation and push you into the next bracket. Whereas if you pull money out of an account that the money's already been taxed, well, then you are able to access some of that money without any tax implications. And it was actually far less costly. So, you know, we have to be careful with these one size fits all answers because it's a little bit more complicated and, and you need to be a little bit more sophisticated, you know, and you really need to do some analysis on how you're taking income. And of course, we have software programs that can help us determine, you know, which way we go and, and how do we make these withdrawals so that we can make the money last, you know, significantly longer versus just kind of randomly taking it here and there and, and, and from, you know, different places without any real, you know, strategy involved. Yeah, I think those are good points, and it's just why it's one of those myths that often gets you know, perpetuated uh, throughout the, the financial realm is maybe it used to be feasible in the past, not so much anymore, but sometimes we just keep holding on to what we've always heard, and that's a good example of that. Another really bad financial myth that we hear all the time, Glenn, is that the more a financial plan weighs, 
the more valuable it is. In other words, you get a big stack of papers from a financial company. Well, that that plan must be worth something. Look at all the paper it's printed on. <laughs> right. Well, no, you see that sometimes. And, you know, and it's good to do analysis. But, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on the situation, it, it doesn't have to be super complicated. There are certain pieces of the puzzle that, that are going to have some variables to it. And some other things are going to be a little bit more constant. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that you can see these big elaborate plans that kind of, you know, dazzle you. And the challenge is, is that there are times when, you know, you look at those and and there are so many different assumptions there. When some of the assumptions are, are no longer being met, then that kind of invalidates the whole illustration or the whole plan that's being shown. And then it has to be redone. And so that's a scenario where you have to kind of ask the questions, is this valid and, you know, under under what conditions? And, you know, and if conditions change, then, you know, how much validity does it still have? And and do you have a plan that's, you know, that's built to last and, and built to be able to have enough flexibility to adapt with what, you know, may come down the road? Or is, is everything pretty fixed and everything has to work just perfectly? And, and that's one of those big questions that you have to ask when you're looking at, like you say, the financial plan that, that is kind of, you know, by the pound. It's, it's, it's not necessarily how big it is. It's it's whether or not it's effective or not. And I think most people can relate to that in other areas of life, too. It, it, there's sometimes that there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. And then sometimes, you know, a, a more simple plan, you know, or a more simple way of solving something, you know, might work better. You know, you want to evaluate it all, but don't just automatically think, wow, this is this is really long and, and thick, so it must be good. And, and that, that's that may or may not be true. Yeah, good points as well. So the more financial plan weighs, the more valuable it is. Not necessarily. I guess by the same token, Glenn, though, we can't go completely the other direction, right? Because I see marketed all the time. You know, if you can't explain your financial plan to a two-year-old, then it's it's a bad plan. Or, you know, we're going to fit everything into one page. Is there validity in it being oversimplified like that? I think it's important to know that, that everybody's situation is a little different. Some people's situations are going to be a little bit more complicated than others. There are some situations where it, it, it might all fit on one page. You know, I mean, it's, a, you know, for example, you might have somebody, you know, I, I've seen couples come in where, where we have um, Mr. And, and Mrs. both have pensions and they both have social security checks and every bit of all of their expenses are covered by those you know, pension checks and social security and then some they're actually able to save some money with that and then they've got some extra money that's set aside you know in, in you know maybe a retirement account or our different you know brokerage account or, or other places where they've got that money set aside and you know in th- in that case then that plan is going to be you know a, a pretty simplified i mean we we know that the, everything's covered and then you know, the, then we kind of determine well what other monies are they going to need and, and under what circumstances and do they want a legacy plan and so that type of a situation you know there's not going to need to be a, a dramatically detailed plan necessarily now you know, on the other hand you know you might have somebody who comes in or a couple that comes in and you know maybe one person has claimed social security and the other one hasn't yet and there's not any pensions and they've got a variety of different accounts. Well, obviously, we've got to do some more significant planning and determination as to you know, when different things are going to happen and that by just the, the sheer nature of it is going to take some more detail to, you know, to outline the plan. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. I think it's something that uh, a lot of people need to be thinking about and considering when it comes to their financial plan is just, you know, what is my situation? Is it something that is going to take a little bit deeper dive, going to take a deeper look? It's kind of like when you go to file your taxes, you kind of know if 
All right, well, I have a pretty simple situation. You're going to have a pretty simple, you know, tax filing. I, I work for one company. I'm single. I've got a W-2, not a lot of other moving parts. It'll probably be an easier solution for you than somebody who owns a business and has rental properties and all those kinds of things. Same kind of thing when it comes to your retirement plan. The more moving parts, the more detail you're going to see probably in that plan, that's for sure. Another common financial myth is what I just said, Glenn. (laughs) My life is very simple, so I'm only going to need a will to have my affairs in order. Some people go to the extreme and don't realize that there are opportunities for improvement, even though they may not think so. Sure. Well, no, you're exactly right, Walter. And, And sometimes a will is enough. Maybe there's a will and some beneficiary forms. It really just depends upon the nature of somebody's affairs, you know, and and, and you could have a significant amount of money that might be handled that way. It, it all depends on, on, on the complexity of what your affairs are and then also the, the complexity of, of how you're wanting to leave it. How many people do you want to leave it to? Do you want to leave some to charity? And, and, and there can be a variety of different things there. You know, there are situations where, you know, some additional legal planning is beneficial, but sometimes not so much. It's really depends upon the scenario and and I always really want to make a point for folks is is that it's really important to have your financial affairs in, in order and also your you know your legal affairs and you know your your estate planning affairs you know when it comes to the legal documents and things like that but it's really important to make sure that the two things are coordinated right I mean it, it's a, a very important thing to know that the right hand and the left hand knows what the other is doing because I have seen situations where folks have come into my office they've inherited something and that didn't take place you know with when the people that they inherited things from had put their estate plan together you know their financial advisor may have gone in one direction and the, and the legal folks went in a different direction and so there was some overlap and some things were taken care of but there were some things that, that kind of fell through the cracks and unfortunately it ended up you know costing more in taxes and you know made made situations a little bit more difficult so it's vital that you know that you're coordinating uh, things and you know really taking a more holistic approach so that you make sure that every piece of the puzzle fits not that okay well I'm gonna get all this taken care of over here with this advisor and everything else on this area of my life taken care of over there with another advisor and if they don't know what the other is doing there's all gonna be always overlap and if it's not taken into account it's very easy to have things, you know, just be insufficient and and have, you know, just literally you know, money can fall through the cracks and and your heirs end up with less and sometimes things go to legal fees or taxes or other things that you would have preferred not having happen. Good points, I think there as well. And as we're talking about different myths in the financial world that need busting, and Glenn, you're busting it up nice and good for us so far. There's this mentality that says, you know, when my spouse and I have this scenario or situation where I'm gone now, you know, they're going to be fine because they're only going to need half as much income anyway. So the fact that I might pass away and take a pension or take, you know, half a Social Security or something like that away from the ledger, well, it's going to be okay because it's only going to cost half as much for them to live than it was when we were both living. Big mistake there. Oh, yeah, Walter. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's rarely the case, right? I mean, there are a number of things that, that are, you know, that are common expenses that are going to go into, you know, into that mix. For instance, you know, the property taxes on the house. I mean, they don't get cut in half when one person is no longer there. The insurance is, you know, for the car and maybe for the house and all the different things that they go into the, into the mix of what creates all the expenses. You know, you also think in terms of, you know, the tax tables. Well, the tax tables get cut in half, but 
is a challenge when you say, okay, well, the, the tax brackets have got cut in half, so the tax bill doesn't necessarily get cut in half. Maybe there's maybe there's additional income there, and you're now into a higher tax bracket quicker. And there's a, there's a lot of moving parts there, and everybody's situation's different. Granted, there will be some expenses that go away, but not all of them get cut in half. And I think most people who have been through this would tell you that you know it's it's really not the case. You know, you have to think in terms of that it's you know something significantly more than than half of the expenses. You know, most of the expenses are are going to still stay there in place, and you might even start to incur other expenses that that weren't there before. So it's really critical to really evaluate that and 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 run what if scenarios you know if, if I'm not here then what would it really what would it really be like for the spouse you know and, and say okay well you know this expense is going to be there that one's going to be reduced but then this one may go up and then really just delve into it and find out and I think if most people do that you know exercise or they work with their financial advisor to go through that exercise they'll find that that maybe their their initial thoughts were not exactly accurate and for our final myth Glenn we turn back to an old staple just like we began this myth busting with where we said, don't touch the principal, live off the interest. Now I say to you, when I retire, I need to dramatically shift from stocks to bonds in my portfolio. Another one that at one time was probably close to truth. Now, I won't say a fallacy, but certainly a myth now, right? Well, I mean, Walter, you have to look at the, the whole situation, right? I mean, for years and years now, for literally for decades, you know, interest rates have been falling and falling and falling. And so now they're beginning to rise and it looks like that we're going to be in a rising interest rate environment, which is is not really a good thing for the bond market, you know, by and large. And so, you know, you have to think in terms of, well, how long are you going to live? You know, you have to plan as if and act as if you're going to live a long time. And so you're going to likely need to have some growth there. Now, it is for sure that, you know, as, as you get older, in most cases, you know, folks are going to think in terms of, you know, you know taking you know, some of that risk off. But that doesn't necessarily mean that a bond or the bond market is going to be the place to really lower that risk. I mean, it, it's going to have different risk. You know, it might have lower risk than some things, but it's, it still has more risk than maybe it had in the past. And so you have to look to what other vehicles are out there to help you hedge the risks that are there with the volatility that are in the markets and the risks that, you know, of, of, of inflation as well as future taxation and all those things. You know, it's really like we say, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than it once was a number of years ago. And not only is it more complicated, but we have a shifting market environment in that, you know, with, with interest rates now starting to move in the other direction, you know, we had over 35 years of them moving, moving down. Down and now they're starting to move up. And presumably that's going to be a sustained trend for some time, which is going to be, you know, an environment that the vast majority of folks have never really experienced. You know, I mean, they can maybe look back in the history books and say, oh, OK, well, these were the market conditions back then. But um, that's not something that they experienced on a, on a day to day basis or in their in their portfolios as a whole to this point. And so we have to be aware of that and, and plan for a different environment and different conditions. Great points as always, Glenn. And uh, kind of to put the cap on this conversation, I guess, I mean, we've talked about all these different myths. How many people walk through your door and have kind of believed in these myths or thought that they were truth? How many times are you having to, you know, go over these kinds of things with folks when you meet with them just to kind of say, well, actually, this is, is probably not the way we want to look at this situation? Oh, what happens, Walter? I mean, folks are, you know, are in a typically, they know what they know. And, you know, and then, but there are always things that are outside of their awareness and, and the things that you don't know, you don't know. And then sometimes you, you know, you say, well, I, I know this to be true. 
And sometimes there are, there are things that you really need to understand and have finer distinctions that say, okay, well, maybe that's true in, in certain situations, but if you are presented with another scenario, then we might need to think about it a little bit differently. And there's always, you know, what ifs and different scenarios, and there's always exceptions to rules. And again, I always come back to the idea that there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all. And realistically, everybody needs to understand what their particular situation is and what their needs are. And then, you know, then determine, okay, well, what, what assets do I have? What resources do I have? What are the things that I need to have happen? And what are the timeframes around that? And when you start you know, delving into the details of how do you use your nest egg to support your lifestyle rather than just saving for a nest egg, now it starts to become a, a whole different equation. And you know, some of those things that, that you thought to be true turn out not to be true. And you have to start taking on some new strategies to make things really be effective for yourself. Well, if you'd like to get financial guidance, have a conversation with Glenn Mosseller about your financial situation, dive deep into some of the issues that may be going on in your financial plan, what kinds of questions need answering, and that most important part, to find out some of the things that you didn't even know that you needed to know, uh, pick up the phone, give Glenn a call, and you can have that kind of conversation with him and his team there in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can reach out by calling 336 291-3535. Again, that's 336-291-3535. Glenn is the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. You can also find him online at greensbororetirement.com. That's greensbororetirement.com. Glenn, thanks as always for the time and the help, and we'll talk to you on the next podcast. Sounds great, Walter. We'll see you soon. For Glenn Mosseller and Walter Storholt, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon on the Retirement Roadmap. 